Things change. One minute you have your intentions to do something. And the things of life just wipe everything away. Sometimes literally. Last Sunday when, when I was preaching, I told you that this week I was going to have a sermon and was going to deal with law and opinion. Well, that's not what we're talking about today. Since last Sunday, I, I remember seeing the forecast for the weather that was supposedly going to come through the Midwest um, and from the, excuse me, from the south and come up through Middle Tennessee. And that was a good few days before Wednesday of last week. I told you, I said, you know, the forecasters are saying there's supposed to be some storms. Of course, when I'm saying that to her, I always think in the back of my head, well, meteorologists, they don't know. Right? They'll forecast something that's supposed to be gloom and doom and it's sunny. Birds are singing. The forecast was pretty accurate. I remember one of the forecasters saying, we're going to have some of the deadliest weather this year. This is a number of days before it came through here. And when Wednesday came and the elders made the decision not to have services, I thought in my head again, I said, here we go. We went through this in the winter. And here we go again. And I'm so glad. I cannot imagine what it's like to be an overseer of a congregation where even if bad weather did not come through, and it did, it came through here. To have on the conscience if someone were to, to be in an accident because of the weather or something along the lines because of the bad weather or homes are, are destroyed and what have you and, and we had services, that would just be a hard thing on the conscience. It's a difficult decision they have to make. Done it a few times. But you know, none of us expected what came through, even with the forecast. I was glad when Jim said last week, he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going to Alabama. We're going to send some supplies, some, some needs, some water and things of that nature. And anyone want to come down, please join us. And Dan came and Julie and Malia and Allie went. And when we had gone down there, you know, you, you see things on, on the Internet. And you see devastation and it's horrific to see it. And something personal about seeing it with your own eyes. And seeing families directly affected where they don't have electricity. That's the least of their worries. They have no home. It's absolutely gone. And not just one family, but hundreds and hundreds of families. Houses completely flattened. I don't know if it's thousands. But it got me to thinking with, with that, with what went on in Japan... With the things that have been going on the last month, and guess what today is, right? One year from today, major floods here in Middle Tennessee. And look at what we have to greet us today. A sobering reminder. Life is temporary. And it got me to thinking about, instead of teaching or preaching on the sermon that I was intending on doing, to actually discuss some of those things that pertain to our lives right now. What is immediate for our life right now. Excuse me. And so, the first passage came to my mind was in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And you know, when we look at this text, what do, what do you hear from preachers? Today is the day of salvation, and someone's going to give that sermon. What's the sermon about? Someone who's lost in their sin, right? Who has never obeyed the gospel. 
When Paul was writing, was he writing to those who are outside the body of Christ? He's writing to the church at Corinth. And he wrote to the brethren there, don't receive the grace of God in vain. He's letting his brothers and sisters in Christ know, today is the day of salvation. Here's how you ought to live. And I want to ask you right now, if, if today was your day, and I almost did this, that's part of the reason why I came early this morning, and I was considering actually putting a verse and having it in, in your songbook on a given page, and I was going to have you open up, and whoever had that in their song, you would have been the one that would have been, this is your day. You're going to meet the Lord today. And I thought that might serve a visual illustration of just how random it may seem to us that today's the day that someone in this congregation would face the Lord. And my question to you is, are you ready to meet Him? Can you actually stand before God right now and say, I'm so grateful to see you, God. And yet today's the day of salvation. We need to understand what that means because when we do, I hope it changes the way we live. I mean, we take for granted. Bill made this in the prayer, made this known. We take for granted what we have. And we don't realize that today is going to be the day. We know it mentally. And we're reminded continuously like when situations as Jimmy was diagnosed with lung cancer. Or when we heard this morning that Ann Opal is, is going... For the worse with her health, I mean, she's lived a long life here on this world. And you can have someone who's lived a full long life and then before her a little child. Maybe one of our own precious little babies in this congregation can be taken so suddenly, as had happened last week. And so I'm asking you of these things because we don't know when we're going to die. And imagine... You're in Tuscaloosa, and this is one of the homes in Tuscaloosa. April 26th, no one ever thought this was going to happen as far as that person's house. They didn't think that way. And April 27th comes, and this is what they have. Just a couple of months ago, in Sendai, Japan, no one ever would have thought that after the years of having tsunamis in Japan, many of these cities actually built up walls. And one city in particular built their wall 30 foot high and so super wide. They had to have a tunnel to get in and out of that city. Completely gone. They weren't ever expecting this. And when that tornado hit, in Athens, Alabama in this case... No one would have thought that it would have done the destruction that it did. I think Dan, Dan took this photo after we had helped one of the, the families with their property before they came back home. This is Bethel Church of Christ off of Highway 72. And if you all pass on between Athens and Huntsville, that was their building. Above it was the TV station. I forget which TV station it is that had that big ball. Everything's gone. A whole path that if you were to look, and there is on YouTube a helicopter view, a one-hour video footage of what's going on in Athens, Alabama. Just devastation. Phil Campbell, and I forget the name of the other town just outside of Florence, Alabama, gone. Or half of it in one of the towns, gone. Just amazing. Brethren, we weren't thinking about what's, you know, what's going to happen to our home 
this particular day. We're just thinking, okay, let the storm pass. We always know the potential is there, but until the reality sets in, we don't know. And that's the way the day of the Lord comes. Many of us, we live this way. James chapter 4, verse 3 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Isn't that what, the way we live? We have our lives set out and we have it course. We have our agenda books and here's what we're doing today, tomorrow, next day, and so on and so forth. The reality is, you do not know what your life will be tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And that word vanishes, it's, it's just like that. It just comes and like that it's gone. Brethren, what happens is, year in, year out, after every week we come here and we worship our God, everything is the same. We go through the routine. And pretty soon we're upset because we didn't eat the food we want, that we had for lunch. How trivial is that now in, in a situation like this? Maybe your water wasn't as hot as you'd like to take a shower this morning. And that seems so trivial. Maybe your child is being too loud at services. <laughs> and that seems so trivial. Because we're so caught up in our lives. So caught up in what we are doing or what's going to happen down the road. We fail to see that salvation is today. We have today. That's what we are guaranteed, right? And we don't know when the Lord is going to come. We know that when He comes, it's going to be as if a thief has come through the middle of the night and, and robbed us. We're not told when that's going to happen. We know it, but because year after year passes by and we do our, our things in our walk with the Lord, we're, we're not thinking about it that, Today is the day. But on this day, during this sermon, hundreds if not thousands of people will lose their lives around this world. Many of whom is going to be unexpected. Had no idea. And so I'm asking you, knowing that we're not guaranteed but today, knowing that the Lord is going to be coming. Brethren, how is it that we live our lives? Is your life so centered upon work or school or activities? Or is it centered upon the Lord? You know, is our life, everything is so wonderful and it's about here and the now from, from a fleshly standpoint and the Lord is the icing on the cake or is the Lord everything to us and everything else is incidental to that because sometimes our lifestyle shows us exactly what our answer is in fact I had venture to say that it is the primary answer we live as if the Lord's not going to come back we live as if he is tearing along and we fail to see the urgency of today. I'll share this with you. And this, is, and this is what I had shared with you before we moved here. I told you when someone was asking me some of the things that I'll do when, when we're in Georgia. And the question is, you know, well, what's your day like? And I said, well, in the past, here's how I used to behave as a quote-unquote gospel preacher. You have brethren in need and you're going to go 
see your brethren. But first, you've got to take care of your responsibility because it's responsibilities that are necessary, like preparing for the Bible class, preparing for the sermon, doing the bulletin. You know, typical preacher stuff, right? From congregation to congregation. And so I would, I would know that there's a brother in need and a sister in need and Okay, I've got to fulfill my responsibility. So I take care of the work, and then when I'm done, I'll, I'll go see my brother and my sister. I'm so sorry I live that way. I'm so sorry. What I had in my head was the opposite of what needs to take place, because I have right now, I have a brother or sister in need right now. Care for them right now. Today is the day. I wasn't guaranteed that next Wednesday for Bible class. Didn't even have Bible class. Brethren, sometimes we need to look at our priorities and, and, and get refreshed. And hopefully it's not just a momentary reminder of our priorities, but an absolute lifestyle change. So that what's really important, which is our walk with the Lord and our relationship with the Lord, and a potential relationship that others can have with the Lord. That's what's important. This right here, this is great. Worshiping our God, absolutely He wants us to, to worship Him. Sometimes, though, our mindset is so much in the worship setting, and the, the church setting, and the formal setting, that we forget the day-to-day -day living from a practical standpoint. And when the Lord comes... Our mindset is, well, I went to every church service, sang the songs, listened to the prayers, sort of. He's going to say, depart. I don't know you. When he said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, Matthew chapter 22, when you read verses 37 to 39, that, means, that meant excuse me, that you live for the Lord. Luke chapter 11, when, when Lazarus died, you know what he told his brethren? He said his followers, remove the stone. You know what he meant by that? He could have done it all on his own. He could have moved the stone for everyone. He had others to do it. He could choose any which way for us to reach the gospel into this world. And he chose us, his followers, to move our lips, to move our feet, to go and reach the gospel to this world. And sometimes we get caught up in things that when we look in hindsight, is not going to be as important. We don't know when the Lord's going to come, brethren. But I want you to stop and think about the fact that because He is going to come, we have to live with a sense of urgency. We have to live as if today is the day of salvation. We have to live as if we're not taking the grace of God that we've been given in vain. And so today's the day. Do you know that that phrase comes from the Old Testament Scripture? You know, today's the day of salvation. It's very closely worded as what we have for carpe diem. Now is the time. In other words, seize the moment. Seize the day. That's basically what Paul is saying to his brothers and sisters in Christ. He's not saying it to those who need to hear the gospel, although you need to hear it if you're here and you've not obeyed the Lord's wonderful gospel invitation. You're lost in your sins and you will die in your sins. 
But when Paul was writing this, he's writing to brothers and sisters in Christ. And he says to his brethren, today is the day. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Live your life. In fact, if you go on past that verse in verse 2 and read verses 3 through 10, he says, here's how you live. This is how you take the grace that has been given to you by God and how you live your life to his glory. That's how today is the day of salvation. When you live for the Lord, it is for your salvation. It is not a means by which you earn your salvation, but it's a means by which because you've been saved, here's how you live. This is the day, brethren. Today's the day. What are you going to do with this day? Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Are you living that way? Or is today going to be like maybe for a number of us, a typical Sunday? I fulfilled my church duties. Now I get to go home and, whew, I don't know, watch a ball game. Take a nap which I want to do right now. <laughs> Go off and do whatever. Or, today is a day of salvation, and I have a sense of urgency about my life, purpose about my life, that I'm going to go out and encourage my brother and my sister in Christ. I'm going to go out and do things that bring glory to God rather than, back to me, selfishness. Not rocket scientists. As far as, Living for the Lord, it's very simple. We know what to do. Brethren, it's the hardest thing to do. We're so selfish about our lives. But I hope this reminder serves well for you. I hope in your mind, you're going to live to the glory of God. But before we close, and this is the last passage I want to look at, in Luke chapter 13, remember when you read verses 1 through 5, and remember there were, there were those who, who had been killed, by Pilate, their blood was mixed with their pagan offerings. Or you had those, not just from Galilee, but where the, the, the tower in, in Siloam had fallen upon some of the Jews. And his question was to both of these groups, do you suppose that these individuals who perished were worse sinners than you? Because that's the mindset some have, right? Well, if, if the tornado actually hit these homes, it's because they weren't living faithfully for the Lord. If this person gets sick, that's because they weren't being faithful to the Lord. You know that I was actually told that by someone at one point. When I went to get my back worked on, person working on my back said, you're hiding some sin. <laughs> I was a worse sinner because I had a backache. Some have that mindset. Do you think that they were worse sinners than all people who lived in Jerusalem? Jesus said to them, no, but I'll tell you this. Unless you repent, you likewise are going to perish. You know, there are some right now in this room that the Lord is going to actually say to us, and we're going to be shocked, and maybe it's going to be me if I'm not careful. I don't know who you are. You talk a good game, Mitch. You look in appearance to others like you're walking with me. But I know you. Better than anyone else in this room. You've not walked worthy of the calling. You've not lived for me. You've lived for yourself. And that would be a shocking statement if I heard that. I'll be honest. I have a confidence personally that I'm walking with the Lord even with and through despite my sins. 
despite my weaknesses. But I ask you, are you walking with the Lord? Are you seeking Him each day? I'm not talking about a checklist. I'm talking about a walk with the Lord. 